Hi, this is Patrick Finley at the Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Sun-Times Bears podcast, where guys, Kevin Warren, just met with the media and met with us. We will break down what we make of the new Bears president and CEO coming up next on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason Leisure, Mark Potash, Patrick Finley here. We just got done talking to Kevin Warren, the Bears' new president and CEO, the first um, person to ever take that position from outside the building, the second person to ever take that position without being related to George Hallis. Uh, you know, I think he was light on details, Jason, but... Uh, Definitely a different approach uh, from what we've seen. One thing I thought that was very different, and this came more from our conversation with him afterward. Like mm-hmm. as Pat says, you know, we just got done talking to Kevin Warren. Obviously, there was the press conference that everybody heard, but we also had a breakout group with him where we talked for about 20 minutes about a variety of things. And the key issue here, aside from the stadium, is. How is he going to oversee one of the worst football teams in the league, not just this past year, but over the past several decades, the Bears have been near the bottom Mm -hmm. on the field. And you have George McCaskey, Mark, saying, I'm not a a talent evaluator. I'm not a guy that, you know, can really be a GM's boss. They had to bring in Bill Polian to evaluate whether Ryan Pace should stay or go last year. Kevin Warren doesn't sound like someone that's going, that at least doesn't think he needs that kind of help. He said that he will be uh, working somewhat closely with Ryan Poles, and he will have a very clear idea of whether things are on the right track, and he will not need anybody's help to come in from the outside and say, oh, this is going right, this isn't. And you asked him about basically will he, how will he define success in this role, and we all look at this guy and think, oh, they brought him in to build the stadium, but I think he sees more than that under his umbrella. Oh, absolutely he does. He wants, he, I think he said, he want, I want to do it all, and that includes winning championships and winning games. And, and, I, and Ted Phillips wanted to win championships too, but I think the difference here is that, uh, is that um, Kevin Warren will be held to a higher standard. You know, uh, as I mentioned when we were talking to Kevin, that you know Ted was given credit for a job well done, and to the McCaskies, he did a job well. He did his job well. But the Bears won three playoff games in his 24 seasons, and that's unacceptable by almost any standard. And, and, and I guess the point is that will not be good enough for Kevin Warren. Besides getting a stadium done, besides increasing the value of the franchise, uh, he's going to have to win games, and he and that's, he's embraces that. I think it's a good sign. I think, the, the, I think one of the best things this does now, it's interesting, I don't think we saw Kevin Warren, the mover and shaker, shaking things up. He didn't sound like that guy to me to, today, but I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think he was going to sound like that, but I still feel like he further insulates the McCaskies family from having uh, influence on what happens on the field. And he's another buffer. He's, this is more of the standard, um, this is more of the standard NFL uh, setup where you have a you know what the what people have always wanted a president of football operations somebody who's rooted in football who can make those decisions and 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 can just handle those things better and I think that's really what this today to me is all about is this further insulates the McCaskey family from from football which is what people have wanted them to do for the last 
30 years. Well, and I think it's notable too, Patsy, when, when George McCaskey talked about Ted Phillips today, he said, you know, he was the first non-family member to be the president, but he, you know, he's as close to family as you can be without being related. When the Bears say, good job, Ted Phillips, it's as though they're praising a son or a, or a cousin or something, right? I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, their interpretation of his job, I think, is clouded by the fact that they're so close to him personally. It says everything that he that he came in Ted Phillips and came out of McCaskey, and <laughs> I, and I, 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 I don't mean to denigrate him, but that's that's the, that's the issue here, is that there's uh, is that um, they needed they need outside thought right. more than anything else, and Kevin Warren gives them that. How how effective he will be, we don't know because he basically leaned on a lot of the cliches. We're going to have energy and we're going to work together and. You know, take pride in, in this and that, and and he said a lot of things that a lot of people have said who want to uh, create change here, and it hasn't happened. But that doesn't that doesn't mean he's just a say, uh, another guy. He's mm-hmm. not. You know, he, I I I think uh, there's definitely an opportunity here. For one thing, where he, he's the president, he's not a GM or whatever. He has the authority. His with his authority, he can make a difference. But again, we're gonna have to wait and see. A, you know, actions will speak loudest here, and and we'll see in the coming months. Just what happens, or how many changes are? Will we be able to see changes? Um, joking with someone today, if uh, uh, the smallest things, like I said, if we see Pepsi or Coke in the in the press in the media in the press box instead of RC, that tells you he's a guy who wants to make who, who's paying attention to every little detail. Right. And, well, and I think I think that those will be the things I'll be looking for. Not so much that in particular, but just what actual change is made here between now and when they kick off in September. Well, he's been hired. Uh, it's middle of January. He's been hired. But he's not going to really start day-to-day team business. It doesn't sound like till April. Mm-hmm. But in the, I mean, he's planning on having meetings, Pat, with everyone who works here. One-on-one meetings with everyone who works here. Do you think if you went around to three or four hundred people who work at Hallis Hall and asked them, "Hey, do you think there's anything wrong with this place?" that they'll get some answers uh, about the RC Cola? About everything. <laughs> I think there will be some ideas. I am curious, though, uh, what you think, Patrick, from the football standpoint, from Ryan Pohl's standpoint, do you? We are. He's already in a very high pressure off season mm-hmm. with the draft capital and all of that money, and everyone expecting not just on not just outside the building, but surely inside the building, that he's about to launch something impressive. Do you think this turns up the pressure even more now? He has a new boss come in. Uh, naturally, I think if any of us get a new boss, the pressure goes up, even if it's somebody um, who we're not afraid of, <laughs> but. You know, when he got hired, Ted Phillips had finished his 33rd season as president. You know, when he got hired, Ryan Poles knew he would probably end up working for a different person at some point during his stint with the Bears. So I don't think this is particularly surprising. You heard George McCaskey say part of the reason that last year he set it up so um, Poles would would report directly to him is because he knew that Ted Phillips was planning on retiring. So in the sense of having a new boss, I'm sure he's comfortable. In the sense of it being somebody as accomplished as Ryan Poles, Potsy, I'm sure that ratchets up the pressure a little bit. Yeah, well, I think or, I'm sorry, as accomplished as Kevin Warren, I'm sure that right. ratchets. Right, uh, I, I think uh, I think the, his leash is uh, significantly shorter. Uh, I think I think um, uh, I think when Ted Phillips and George McCaskey like you, I think your leash gets longer. And they like nice people. They like people like them. They like people they get along with. Kevin Warren might think you're the – the impression I get is Kevin Warren is the kind of guy who might think you're the greatest guy in the world, but if you're not getting the job done, you're out. 
And I so I, so I think uh, I think it does ratchet up the pressure. And I, I, I'm sure Poles is fine with that. I mean, I think he sees the situation he's in as a great opportunity. I, I think any any GM would love to have the number one pick in the and the draft capital he has. So I think, but he still he knows he has to do something with it. My guess, Jason, though, is that Kevin Warren is going to spend the next two years up to his eyeballs in stadium paperwork, in meetings with local politicians, in schmoozing, in doing everything he can to get a stadium in Arlington Heights up off the ground. I'm sure he has the bandwidth to also hire and fire if he wants to, but in a perfect world, Ryan Poles gets to you know, keep doing what he wants to do, and Kevin Warren gets to you know pursue the stadium that could double the value of the franchise, right? And Kevin Warren did say about being hands-on and being really involved in football decisions that that's Ryan Poles' expertise. Right. That's what Ryan Poles has built a career on. Like he's the expert, but with Kevin Warren coming in and talking about everything, talking about the way things run in the building and the organization, the stadium, then on the field, the winning and losing. I don't think, Pat, that he's going to have the patience for starting his career off as Bears team president like, you know, 10 and 24 or something sure. like that. Yeah, and this is a guy who looked at UCLA and USC and said, Big Ten? Sure, why not? I mean, this guy has lofty goals that he has shot for and hit. Um, and, and in that sense, it just – Patsy, I agree with you that he didn't say anything um, that kind of shifts the earth from underneath our feet today. But – his resume makes him so different than some of the yeah. more recent bosses around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the, he certainly has to put that. That doesn't mean that it's not going to get done. It's not so, an indicator to me. This is just a guy who's uh, in, in, a, in a public press conference situation with all his all the, with his bosses and and people under him around him. He, I don't think he was ready to to, to rattle any cages uh, publicly uh, with any kind of statements. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, that's why I'm saying I think it will. All, I think the proof will be in the pudding, and we'll see what and see what moves what moves he may, he he'll make. And I and I kind of anticipate things. I, I I'm not sure exactly what, but I just anticipate him being like I said, a mover and shaker, a guy who really does his own does things his own way. Jason, let's talk about the stadium real quick. Uh, the Bears repeated a couple of different ways today that they're committed to Arlington Heights. I feel obligated to point out that. You know, as a condition of them being in escrow with Churchill Downs, they cannot publicly discuss any other plans at all, legally, period. So there's nothing else they can say other than we have our, you know, our you know, sights set on Arlington Heights. But, you know, they still think they'll close at some point in the first quarter here. Uh, and if so, then they'll, you know, start, start the real hard work. Uh, what was your – what did you hear from Kevin Warren about – what his, you know, hand will be in developing the stadium, and you know, and what it was in developing the best stadium, you and I have ever been to, U.S. Bank Stadium. So, uh, SoFi is probably the best, but that's on such a different level right. price-wise. Right. Every among everybody else, Minnesota is is the best. It's the best in its weight class for sure, compared oh, to Atlanta and everywhere else. Right. Um, super impressive stadium. And I don't think it's any coincidence, Pat, that that is a stadium that has long been admired around here sure. in the building, I can tell you. And they hired the guy that was key, one of the key people to developing that. Uh, Kevin Warren, a so-called a self-described stadium nerd, mm -hmm. uh, said that when he heard about the Arlington Heights site, he drove out there last fall to go just look around and just kind of see what kind of space there were. This is when he's not really, as far as anyone knows, right. 
linked to this job opening at all. Right. And he just wants to drive around and kind of get a look at it and kind of just just because it's of interest to him. He's been to every stadium. When they were building the stadium in Minnesota, he had gone around to all different places and taken notes of what he liked in different places. You asked him today about the stadium in Glendale, Arizona, and he right away right. immediately had thoughts on it. Um, and he said today that when they finished building U.S. Bank Stadium, A, they loved what they turned out. We, it, we nailed it, I yes. believe was the quote. And they and I agree. Um, but he said that he had all these boxes of documents and binders and specs and whatever else. And people were like, oh, you can throw that away now. And he said, I'm really glad I saved those <laughs> because those might come in handy right now. One of the things, by the way, since we're talking about the stadium, we know it'll be, if this stadium happens, we know it will be enclosed. Yep. We know it'll be a, a permanent roof. One of the things he highlighted about what they did right in Minnesota that to me is the number one thing you'd notice there is the natural light that comes in. That even though it can be minus 10 in Minnesota, for a noon game, you're going to get the sunlight coming through. And I think it it affects how everything just looks and feels in there. And I would imagine that's going to be a big part of what they want to do in Arlington Heights. He also did not give a timeline. Everyone's been wanting a timeline on this from the moment we first heard about it, probably back in early 2021. When is roughly this going to happen? Um, he said, though, that he'd probably have an answer for that in about six months. Right. Well, and, and you'd like to think that that's when the Bears, once they close, you know, if the Bears have any leverage they want to try downtown, maybe they do it. But, you know, once they close and they're, you know, out of the woods there, there's nowhere to go but forward, right? Yeah. And the, the way he described the situation in Minnesota was he said that they spent a year planning it. Right. And so maybe that year starts now while you're – still in escrow or whatever as far as planning Arlington Heights. And then I believe that stadium took two and a half years to construct. Which is quick. Which is very quick. A lot of them take more like four. Right. Um, and so what would where would that put us at now? If, if let's say Six. let's say you start the year now, so we're talking about like four years from now. You're talking about the mm-hmm. 2027 season maybe? Well and a reminder the, too and that's that, a best case. Well and a reminder too that Soldier Field the lease there goes for another eleven years. So the Bears might be in a rush, but they're going to have to pay it, you know, handsomely to get out, you know, as early as possible. So, you know, maybe six years. That, that makes sense. Potsy, Arlington Heights resident, what do you think? You know, I was just thinking as you guys were talking about um, about the uh, about the stadium, and and I went to that town hall when uh, at, at Hershey High School, mm-hmm. uh, what they had for Arlington Heights residents, and just one thing it, about the whole stadium thing that it's a really, I guess, a minor point, but. It was interesting to me, like when Ted was asked about like a tractable roof, and he said, "No, we're not going to have it." And it drew a real bad reaction from the crowd, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think he explained it's just not worth it. It was some it's too typical, exp- yeah, something. Right. Kevin Warren explained it. I think even uh, just a small thing, if you remember, he said like we talked to people who said, "Do you really use it now?" Not that much. Just the way he explained it made right. se- was palatable. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one difference between the way this guy does things and the way uh, Ted does. Not that Ted does it wrong, but it just comes across differently. And I think so. From an, I think I think he will sell this thing well. I think he will. I think he will be a good uh, a good front man. Uh, and maybe Ted's maybe Ted's problem was that he was too aligned with the McCaskies. And again, that goes back to the outsider thing. And I just think, uh, as far as the stadium goes, um, I, I think that Kevin Warren just so already to me sounds like he will be able to sell this. And and if it can be done, I think it will get done under him. And it's worth pointing out too that. 
the horrible stadium situation the Bears are trying to extricate them from themselves from was negotiated by Ted Phillips. Anyway, moving on. There is no solving like. But there was a great. There was a success. It was a success that, 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 that twenty years yeah. later they've decided is no longer right, acceptable. Right. Yes, right. Yeah. There is no solving the issue that they don't own that stadium no matter what. No matter all right. the renovations that happen to that, they will not own Soldier Field, and this would give them an opportunity to own it. George McCaskey was asked, and this is so much less of a hypothetical than it was, you know, a month or two ago, because now they've hired the guy that helped build and design and and construct the stadium in Minnesota. He was asked, what do you like so much about that place? What do you like so much about U.S. Bank Stadium that kind of fills up your wish list, like things you see there that you want in the Arlington Heights Stadium? And George McCaskey, all he said was it was on time and under budget. <laughs> that was it. Which was it? If I owned the team, that would be probably high on my list, too. Not super exciting to hear if you're a fan, though. Kind of like what Mark was saying about where Ted Phillips is saying, no, 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 no retractable roof because it's too expensive. I think it's worth pointing out that George McCaskey took his questions from a podium today. Ted Phillips and Ryan Poles took them in small groups, and Kevin Warren did both. George McCaskey was short. He was direct. But he did. He was not the. He did not get himself in any trouble, the way that some end of season press conferences have gone for him. And and I wonder whether that was very intentional to not step on Kevin Warren's big day. Uh, I, I thought George kind of uh, communicated the bare minimum that he could, uh, uh, both in the way he delivered it and the actual answers he gave. I don't think he communicated hardly anything. It was all very brief. It was one to two sentences, then quickly looking for the next question. And this might speak to a couple points that Mark has made while we're sitting here, that Kevin Warren is really, really a good face of the organization, it seems like. The way he talks, he's a compelling speaker, good personality, very smart. He doesn't seem, Mark, like to me, like someone that is going to give these just cringeworthy sound bites that you've heard out of Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. And George McCaskey, meanwhile, stepping back, as Pat observed, stepping back, giving very brief answers, completely not answering some of these questions. And Kevin Warren really is a way, you you see it clearly visually today, that Kevin Warren is a way of kind of being the shield for the McCaskey family. Well, and also they're playing billion-dollar poker. You know, when when it comes to the stadium stuff, I mean, <laughs> there's there as we've established, there are things they're not allowed to say. Right. And there are things they don't want to say, and I'm sure that's got them on high alert too. But he also wouldn't answer a very, um, a pretty clear question to me from Mark about what's been wrong with the organization over the last however many years, and that was kind of just his move to everything was just one sentence in and out, not give you anything. And, and that is not a bad PR strategy, by the way. No. Considering some of the, the like, foot in mouth that has happened here over the last few years. Mark, you've seen George McCaskey do this for how long? 25 years? At least. D- what was your read on him today? Uh, I, I thought uh, he, he was uh, appropriately in the background. Okay. Put himself in the background. And I, like I said, I think, I think this is a, uh, I wouldn't say monumental, but certainly... Uh, a little bit of a watershed, I think, moment for the Bears franchise. That that um, um, I think I said, if you were a frustrated Bears fan who has been wanting the McCaskies to sell, and then realizing that they are not going to, Kevin Warren is a heck of a compromise 
because he pushes them as far into the background as they're going to be, as they can be, while still owning the team. Right. And so I think that's what uh, I think. I think that's kind of that's what I got out of today uh, when I and 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 the way George handled the, his availability uh, certainly confirmed that in my mind. We will get to know Kevin Warren a lot more as, as the months and years go on. We will also uh, break down Ryan Poles every which way but Sunday in terms of the draft pick and whether they'll trade it. And in short, he said today that it's too early to, uh, to go down that road in, in terms of yeah. teams might be angling for stuff. I can give you a few notes on talking to Ryan Poles if you want that very quickly. Yeah, um, very quickly. He said it's a little early for teams to be calling about the number one pick because you need what you essentially need is you need teams to start wanting a particular guy. Once you get through these college all-star games and workouts and things like that, teams start to really zero in on a particular guy. Then the calls will come in. He expects that to be happening in the next few weeks. Um, he addressed Ian Cunningham interviewing for GM jobs and said that is a little bit of a surprise mm -hmm. that he did not hire Ian Cunningham thinking he might be gone less than 12 months in. Right. He said he figured it'd be pretty soon, but maybe not that soon. Uh, that that would be a big hit to the front office, but that he has a plan mm -hmm. right now for what to do if that happens. And he said that really his what it sounds like his first real decision-making type football meeting with Kevin Warren is going to be shortly before free agency. So Ryan Poles and his staff right now are working through evaluations of who they want to chase in free agency, and about a week or two before free agency opens, they're going to present all of that to Kevin Warren, and that will be his opportunity to have some feedback and say, hey, I, uh, this guy, this guy, or not this guy, right. or whatever. Ian Cunningham, a finalist with what, Tennessee? Is that right? I believe so, yeah. yeah the Cardinals, he interviewed with as well. They went with Monty Austin Fort today, who you may have recognized from the Bears interview with him last year. Uh, so we will have plenty of time to break down the draft, free agency, all that sort of good stuff in the coming weeks. But until then, you can follow Jason and Mark and myself on Twitter. Check us out on the Sun-Times website and in print. Uh, for Jason Leisure and Mark Potash, I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.